Grace, mercy, and peace be yours from God our Father, through our coming Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. The Word of God that calls for our attention this morning comes to us from the Gospel reading from Luke chapter 3, verse 10. And the crowds asked John, What then shall we do? So far our text. John the baptizer was a great fire and brimstone preacher because he needed to be that fire and brimstone preacher. Because his role in the entire plan of salvation was to get people ready for Jesus. To get ready for the last line of the prophecy from Isaiah this morning. All flesh shall see the salvation of God. Because John lived in a time not very much unlike our own, where the people, by and large, were not ready to see the salvation of God. Because the salvation of God for them would be more looking like wrath than looking like actual salvation. So we ask the crowds who come out to see Him, who warns you to flee from the wrath to come? He goes on to say, the axe is laid to the root of the trees. That every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Every tree gets cut down to be shown the rottenness that is there at the core. Because that is all of us. We are rotten to the core. And we need this warning as well from John, as we get ready for Christmas. As we look at the Gospel reading this morning, we see one of Luke's great list of names. Names that he brings out to point out that everything that happened with Jesus happened in actual history. But also he puts it in contrast to John's sermons by pointing out the people that truly were the brood of vipers. Tiberius Caesar, Pontius Pilate, Herod, Philip, Annas and Caiaphas. These names are well known to us, either from the Christmas story, from from Holy Week, or even from Roman history. All of these guys have one thing in common. They wanted to collect however much they could for themselves. They lived for themselves and did not care anything about anybody else. It is these that God says in Malachi that He will come up and draw near to you for judgment and I will be a swift witness. Because He doesn't have to look very far to find breakings of His law in their lives. He doesn't have to go search everybody up on Google to see what the latest thing is or check out their Facebook feed because he knows it all already. As we'll sing in our closing hymn, all of us will know that one day. Because one day the books are opened, then then to all, a record truly telling what each has done, both great and small, when he on earth was dwelling. And every heart be clearly seen and all be known as they have been in thoughts, and words, and actions. That was John's job 
as the forerunner of Jesus, to lay bare what was in the hearts and minds of everyone around him. That is the job of the season of Advent. As we prepare for Christmas, just like Lent is for Easter, to remind us that we also are trees where the axe is laid to the root of it. Does God swing the axe or not? And that question comes out practically in how we live our lives. Do we, like Tiberius Caesar and Annas and Caiaphas and all the others mentioned at the beginning of the Gospel reading, live for ourselves or do we live for others? As we'll sing during communion this morning, you give yourself to us, O Lord, then selfless let us be to serve each other in your name in truth and charity. Jesus came giving us an example of how to live for others. How to bear fruit in keeping with repentance, as John also tells the people coming to him. Because the fruits worthy of repentance are the good fruit that God is looking for. The fruits of confession. The fruits of forgiveness. The fruits of charity and love. As he says through Malachi, I, the Lord, do not change. Therefore you, O children of Jacob, are not consumed. For those of you massively taking notes this morning, because I know several of you still do the whole law gospel thing from when your kids were in confirmation, you can take this statement in both ways. That the Lord does not change. And the fact that His law does not change. What He says is bad in Genesis is still bad in 2021. But again, His promise also does not change. What He promises in Genesis of a Savior who will crush the serpent's head is still valid today. Still rings true today. And because He doesn't change... That promise continues on from generation to generation. So as John is standing on the banks of the Jordan, crying out for the people to repent, they know that promise is still there. That the promise of the coming Elijah and the coming Messiah could be at any time. And so we also come to every Advent knowing that our Lord is coming back, knowing that it could be coming at any time, coming not for judgment, but coming to show the salvation that He came and died on the cross for. And He says to live for others. As Paul will tell Many of his churches be imitators of me as I am of Christ. To be willing to sacrifice everything so that we, so that others may know his love. So we have the question that many came to John the baptizer asking, what then shall we do? Because John was not just a profound philosopher. He wasn't just an abstract thinker. He was very concrete in his teaching. He says, whoever has two tunics is to share with him who has none. 
and whoever has food is to do likewise. To the tax collectors, he says, collect no more than you are authorized to do. To the soldiers, he says, do not extort money from anyone by threats or false accusation. And to all of them, even though it's lumped in with the soldiers, be content with your wages. That is truly the theme for all the readings through this Advent season, is the idea of contentment. And being content with what God has given each and every one of us. Because, yes, there are times where we look at our neighbor and say, well, they have much more than we do. You know, why don't I have that? Well, maybe God knows you wouldn't be good with having all that. You know, why, why hasn't God let me win the lottery, especially when it's up in the four and five and six hundred million dollars? Because God knows what you would do with that four, five, six million, hundred million dollars. Sure, the first thing is not writing a big check to the church, but... but to be content. Because God gives His gifts for His glory and, for his own, and out of His own wisdom. Bringing us to the point where we remember that it's not the things of this world that we live for. It's the things of the world to come. Everlasting life. That greatest treasure of all. What we wait for during the Advent season, to get to Christmas, to remember the birth, but also we remember the death and the resurrection that truly bring us the salvation, that allows all flesh to see the salvation of God. Some seeing it as wrath, but for those of us who believe, those of us who imitate Christ, see it for salvation and see it as a sign of joy as we look forward to the day when our Lord comes and we see that glory, we see that salvation face to face and rejoice forevermore. Amen.